Welcome to Scream Therapy. I'm your host, Jason Schurz. In October of 2018, I found myself in the hospital, sitting across from a psychiatrist, who was telling me that I was bipolar. I was released with a bunch of medication and laid on the couch for about a week. I had my iTunes library on shuffle, trying to shake the hornet's nest from my head. Ever since I was a kid, I've been using music for therapy and as a way to escape. Punk rock and mental health have always been connected. This podcast looks at that connection through the lens of different guests. This is Screen Therapy. When I am 29, when I am 29, I'll start going to therapy. A lot of people talk about having anxiety around certain situations or events. Whether this is an anxiety disorder or dealing with general feelings of anxiety, it can affect a person's life significantly. Punk musicians often have anxiety around playing shows or touring, and some punks who come out to the shows can have social anxiety and have a hard time feeling comfortable or fitting in, even in a welcoming environment like the punk scene. Craig Shea is a Brooklyn-based punk bassist and vocalist in the band's Cold Rex and Answering Machine. He's been dealing with anxiety and depression since he was a kid. Craig was lucky to establish a positive and productive relationship with his counselor, who taught him that anxiety doesn't always have to be a negative if it is channeled into positive actions. With punk rock as an outlet, Craig has been able to manage his anxiety. Punk has been a healthy distraction when his symptoms get bad. Craig has been working hard to include punk in his mental health plan, and hard work always pays off. Just like Craig's wicked bass lines, practicing makes perfect, or almost perfect. Let's face it, no one can ever be perfect. And maybe that's the point. Like Craig, we just do our best. Hi, I'm Craig Shea. I play in the band's Cold Rex and Answering Machine. I also do some solo acoustic stuff, and I am definitely a lifelong sufferer of anxiety. So you were talking to me before about having it when you were a kid. Can you tell me what that looked like? Yeah, uh, it was interesting. I didn't have a word for it. I didn't know what it was. I just know that I went when I went to sleep at night. I like I had this feeling. I didn't have a word for it, and I would just I couldn't fall asleep, and I was just very concerned about like little things, school assignments. I maybe didn't finish because I was like nine years old, and it didn't really matter. But yeah, I always felt that. And how did that change as you got into your teens? Good question. I'm not sure how much it changed. Definitely was always anxious. I think in high school I experienced a little bit more depression. For me, depression is usually triggered by stuff. So I remember in 10th grade, just feeling really inadequate and depressed, and I didn't really like know myself. I don't know. I don't think I tried going to therapy when I was in like 10th grade. I think I just kind of wrote it out, and eventually I started feeling a little better, and then I didn't. And then I remember in like 12th grade, just learning that if I played music every day, I'd feel a little better, and that was really powerful. So how did it make you feel better? 
Well, I remember specifically if I didn't play music, I would feel worse. I just had like a lot of pent up emotion or anxiety or whatever. It would be late at night because I did a lot of stuff in high school as an adult. I do a lot of stuff. I'm in two bands. I'm always keeping busy. But I would just so it'd be like nine o'clock at night and I'd get home from work or like a school sport or whatever and just hang out in my parents' basement with an unplugged electric guitar and just kind of sing quietly to myself. And it was nice. So some self-soothing. Oh, yeah, definitely. Kind of like uh, singing to myself. What's that called? Lullabies? Self-inflicted lullabies? Yeah, it's basically <laughs> it. Did punk rock come in around that time? And was it a continuation of the soothing that you were getting from music? I think I first heard of punk rock when I was in middle school. I used to go to summer camp and I had a couple friends who would be like, you got to listen to Good Charlotte or I'm from Long Island. So like maybe bands that are canceled now used to be some of my favorites. You know, all of the emo was going on. Taking Back Sunday was really big. So that was all very exciting. And that's kind of like how I first heard the words punk. I remember thinking Rancid was like the most punk band ever. <laughs> hey, who says they aren't? <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. I don't know. Depends on what you think punk is, I guess. I'll tell you what, Matt Freeman's bass lines are very punk. You said it was in middle school that you started listening to more what I'd call the mainstream punk rock stuff. And then you became very DIY later on with your own bands. Where was the transition there? I think it was the summer after 10th grade. I went to my first ever local show. It was at a church in East Northport on Long Island. And it was this like all day thing. And when you're 16, you love all day shows. Now I'm like three bands max, please. I'm very tired. <laughs> but So the feeling of going to that show and being accepted into a community, imagine you walking through the door, you're quite young still. You've only been exposed to bigger punk bands. And all of a sudden you get thrown into this DIY punk scene. Yeah, I think especially in high school, you have this idea of a smaller band that no one has heard of feels more like it's yours, like it's better because people don't know about it. You know, people get mad when bands blow up. I don't like care about that now. I'm happy when bands get success. I'm happy the Menzingers are very big. I'm happy the Gaslight Anthem got very big. But, you know, in high school, you're like, I only like the first two Weezer albums. So I, I kind of was like that where like, I love this band. They're cooler than Strelate Manifesto because people don't know them, but they're talented. I don't know. That's nice. You mentioned that you had written a song for Cold Rex called Therapy. In the lyrics, there's a promise to yourself about seeking therapy. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely had anxiety and occasionally depression throughout my life. And I tried to go to therapy a couple times in my early 20s, and I just got nothing out of it. Like, I would feel excited to meet a new person, and I wouldn't be able to talk about my problems. And then getting into my later 20s, I felt like I had more on a handle on how I could talk about myself and like how I felt and how I would want to feel. And I wrote this two-minute song called Therapy really kind of cheeky quick thing and I was 28 and the chorus is when I am 29 I'll start going to therapy and I wrote it as a promise to myself and I actually did I wasn't even 29 I was still 28 when I started going I thought it would be poetic to wait for the song but um, <laughs> I thought it would be better to actually just go so how did the therapy help or did it help yeah I've been seeing the same therapist ever since so I was 28 yeah I'm 31 now so I've been seeing the same therapist for almost three years I say having a therapist is kind of like, at least for me, because I know everyone has different experiences, but it's kind of like having a parent who knows what they're doing. Like they can <laughs> like guide you in certain ways. They know how you're supposed to treat other certain people and have boundaries and all of that. So I find it very helpful. I love that comparison. <laughs> how do your parents feel about that comparison? <laughs> I encourage my parents to go to therapy too. Yeah, maybe keep that one under wraps. I'm sure they'll listen to this podcast. So hello. And I think you're both wonderful parents. And I think <laughs> therapy is also good. All those things could be true. Being in a band is stressful a lot of times. I mm -hmm. mean, it's super fun as well, but there are some stressors involved. 
How did you manage your anxiety around those? So like anxiety can be like a very good motivator. This is something my therapist says. Anxiety doesn't have to be bad. It's what you do with it. So I think I've accomplished a lot of really cool things because I'm anxious and I feel like this has to get done. Of course, that has limits. You can only push yourself so far. And maybe I have better boundaries now than I have when I was younger. But yeah, also my best friend, Mike Vizzy, like, so we've been playing advanced together since we were like 16. He's really good at booking tours and stuff like that. And I'm really good at buying a van and bringing it to the mechanic a lot. Maybe part of that drive is I should do more promoting something or I should try to put out the answering machine album on a record label. Like the anxiety definitely drives that sort of thing. Going on tour would be really tough. And I'm wondering what you do to manage things when you're on tour and, and how your symptoms change. Answer Machine doesn't really tour. And when they play festivals, Cold Rex is already playing them. So I'm like, great, I'll already be there with the bass. Touring has definitely been very stressful. My first tour ever was like wildly unsuccessful. I'm glad that we've had those kind of failures. You kind of learn to appreciate when things go well. And you also learn how to like deal in a bad situation. I'll play a show to one person and have a great time. Maybe I'll feel terrible after, but I know how to play in that situation. My joke about being in a band is that it's not about playing music. Everyone thinks it is. Being in a band is about driving and it's about getting along with each other. And I definitely have not always been the best at those two things. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the folks that come on the podcast talk about how punk rock saved them, how it wouldn't be the same without punk rock. What's your sentiments around that? I don't know if it saved me, but I think that music is this wonderful outlet, especially as I've gotten older. I have this excuse to always make friends and go out and do things. And I think some people, as they get older, lose friends, don't know how to meet new people, aren't sure what to do socially. But I've just built into my life. Well, I have band practice every week and I go to shows and I'm touring. So I'm always meeting new people from around the world. So to me, I feel like it's A, enriched my life that way. And then B, songwriting and making music allows you this kind of free form space to like work through your feelings and everything. Like Bruce Springsteen talks about that in his book. And I feel like someone who just maybe is an accountant and doesn't have any hobbies doesn't have this outlet. So when they have these weird dissonant feelings, they just sit with them and it like grows. Whereas I can write a song like Therapy and scream out my feelings and feel a little bit better, which is very nice. Well, accountants might be stoked on doing number stuff. That may be their solace. <laughs> I've met some happy accountants before, so maybe I shouldn't be so quick to judge. When you are playing music and you're getting those feelings that you mentioned, contributing and feeling like you have a purpose, does that affect your mental health? And how does it change the anxiety symptoms? Yeah, it's actually something you have to watch out for. So you can have like really high highs followed by really low lows. So like, uh, this is supposed to be Fest Weekend coming up. Yeah. Fest is my favorite ever music festival in Gainesville, Same. Florida. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've like had the most validating experiences of my entire life there. But you definitely want to be like, as I get older, you know, want to be a little more careful. You don't want to go, you don't want to rage too much. You know, you want to kind of have like an even keel. That's that was amazing. And we, you know, we capped Boca Fiesta or whatever. Yeah, no, Fest is great. You're right about it being a place where the whole idea of punk rock and the scene is right there in front of people. And there's all the best of the punk scene at Fest. All the other bullshit is pushed away for the weekend. Maybe once in the last 10 years have I ever seen like an almost empty Fest set. People always come out to watch bands. Bands that maybe are used to playing to 10 or 20 people on tour play to like, you know, 100, 200 people. You sell more merch than you sell anywhere else. And then all my friends are there from all around the world. So Fest is the best for me. Fest friends are best friends? Yeah, I say that all the time. <laughs> Did you ever get a formal diagnosis for anxiety disorder or is it just general anxiety? 
I guess it's general anxiety. I had people in my life suggest going on medication, and I don't think that going on medication is a bad thing by any means. I think everyone should try and find what works, what's best for them. But my therapist doesn't feel that I need to go on medication. And maybe in that sense, I haven't had like a particular diagnosis. Clonopin had been prescribed by my doctor. Um, I take it maybe two or three times a year. Like for me, I just like to know I have it just in case I ever get really worked up. Something is like really stressing me out. It's just nice to know that there's a pill I can take one of and not drink or anything else. And then I just feel a little better for a night. Sometimes with anxiety, like I could have it for weeks at a time. I don't have that so much anymore. But if you're having it for weeks at a time, you just need a break sometimes. And it's nice to have that option. Yeah. Looking at your own anxiety, has recognition around that as far as getting a diagnosis been something that you wanted? I guess for some folks, it validates what they're going through. For other folks, it's almost a label in some ways. I don't know. I, I guess I was open to the idea of a diagnosis or I was open to the idea of medication but he didn't feel like that was necessary. So I don't feel like I have a diagnosis or that I need one. I do feel like I have anxiety and occasionally depression, but I think a lot of people, even people who have those things more mildly have them and have to learn how to manage them. In 2014, you went through a really tough time and it triggered some pretty deep depression for you. Can you tell me about what happened? Oh, it was the worst. <laughs> I, I feel like, uh, early 20s can be a very trying time for people. I feel like there's a big difference between someone who's 22 and someone who's 28, just because the 28-year-old has failed more and learned more because of that. So that's actually the second verse of therapy. It was when I was 24. Can I swear on this? Is that okay? Do it. Okay, cool. When I was 24, I was fucking up everything. That's what that line is about. When I was 24, like I moved to Brooklyn, like the person I was dating at the time, and I had been dating in college, and also Mike Vizzy plays in Cold Rex, and we all lived together. And it was just you know, sometimes you grow out of a relationship. And like, at this point in my life, I didn't know that that could happen or that it was okay. So we were just kind of like unhappy and together. And I went through like three or four jobs that year. Every job was bad. And I felt like I was failing. And band stuff was kind of like not, I don't know, like the Scott band was cool. And we toured sometimes. Um, and it was definitely a good release. But I didn't feel like I had really achieved success yet. Yeah, I don't know, just felt bad. So I took off all of July of that year. And um what did I do? I did a tour. I think I did a two-week tour with Eli Winnie and the Sound Machine. And then me and my mom went to Italy for 10 days. And then I came back and I found a job that I didn't hate. And I just built a career around that. And I got some stability in my life. Nice. One of the things that I often thought about my own life, I'm almost 50, believe it or not. I look young and I sound young. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> just in regards to being so busy all the time, I think punk rock does foster busyness and the whole DIY ethic and getting things done. But I think in some ways, I was so busy for so long that I wasn't giving myself time to settle or to really deal with what was going on. It did contribute to things coming to a head with my mental health. Have you thought about that concept of busy, 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 but maybe not taking care of ourselves? Yeah, I definitely thought about that when I was like 27 and playing in three bands, um, all of which would try to tour sometimes. So <laughs> that was definitely too much. And then I changed it to be two touring bands, and then that was still too much. Um, and then I quit the second touring band. And then Cold Rex also changes as we get older. Cold Rex is very much people first. I think that's also like why we like to do everything very DIY. There's no pressure. There's no expectation. It's just whatever we want to do. Have you been encouraged by other folks in the punk scene, supported in regards to your mental health? People in the punk scene are generally, at least in my experience, good at validating other people. Like if someone's like, oh, I'm really depressed or I'm really overworked, I feel like someone else is likely to be like, yes, you are. Oh, I am. Nice. 
are like, oh, work's too hard. And they're like, work is too hard. Cool, you get that validation. Even if someone doesn't know your situation very well or like can't give you like good advice. Why is that about punk rock? I think that punk attracts people who have had a tough time at, at different times in their life. And, and that's not, not to say that anything happened to give anyone a tough time. Like I just have anxiety. It runs in my family. There was no event that gave it to me. But they know what it's like to have a tough time. They're drawn to this very emotional music. And I think you know what it's like to have a tough time. Ideally, you have empathy for other people having a tough time. So I think this current Brooklyn DIY scene, in my opinion, is a lot of empathy for the other people. And everyone is very nice to each other. Because I think we just want that nice space. Yeah, and that definitely touches on why punk is the way it is, why people are attracted to it. What is it about that particular scene that you haven't already mentioned that draws them to it? I mean, punk's this big term. It means a lot of things. It's kind of an attitude. It's not really a sound. My joke is there's three kinds of punks. There's Sex Pistols punks, there's Clash punks, and there's Ramones punks. I think it's good because Sex Pistols, it's like all about this like veneer. And then like those people aren't actually like good people. And then the Clash, like musically, are all over the place. It was always about being like politically aware and open and trying things. And I think that spirit is important. Like the Menzingers remind me of the Clash because they're musically... Even their earlier stuff, they're screaming, but there's nothing really punk about the music. It just had this energy to it. And then the Ramones, you know, people like Teenage Bottle Rocket. I like Teenage Bottle Rocket. Those guys are cool. That's also nice. But yeah, so I feel like there's three types of punks. <laughs> and all those punks are looking for something. They're trying to find yeah. their people, safer places. Ideally, and you know, there's bad people in any scene. Like nothing is perfect. People are people. But I think that... Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to say punk is like better than anything else because I don't know if that's even true. But I've at least found a space that I feel like is nurturing and creative and good. When I started dating my girlfriend, she was like, I'm so happy that you and your friends all play in good bands because you never know what that, right? If I don't like friends with like Nervous Dater and good looking friends and those bands are incredible. So it's also nice to be part of something where like you love the art. In regards to folks that have anxiety or are symptoms of anxiety and maybe they don't necessarily know what it means or what it looks like. And of course, we all have our very individual experiences. What are some of the things that you go through with symptoms and how does it look like to you? Actually, a good answer that might tie this into music is uh, when I was 18 and I first went to college, I went to a state school in New York at uh, New Paltz, which is this cute little hippie town. And there's always like a lot of open mics. So I kind of learned how to write and perform acoustic by going to this one open mic at this place called the Muddy Cup every week. When I first started going, I couldn't stand and play music. I was too nervous. My legs would buckle. I would have to sit and I couldn't have, I didn't have the confidence to like sing or scream. I was like quiet. I think the way you deal with anxiety is you get comfortable or you try to get comfortable with the thing that bothers you. Like obviously people should have boundaries, but I wanted this. So I just kept doing it and people were like positive and nice. It's this nice hippie town. There's a lot of other people who are trying out. So just a lot of people starting out and you feel like you're part of it. And then slowly I could stand up again and I could sing a little louder and I, you know, I know what my voice could do and it's just getting comfortable. Getting over anxiety sometimes is about practicing life, I guess, instead of like guitar. <laughs> but sometimes anxiety is, you know, you feel overwhelmed, like you have to leave a situation or, you know, like an anxiety attack could be like, you, you get a physical symptoms. Like sometimes you feel like you're having a heart attack or you feel like you just can't handle something, you're going to pop. Everything feels like stimulus sometimes. Like a person talking to me could be overwhelming. And I just need to be in a space. Like in my apartment right now, I don't have my own space. Me and my girlfriend share a room. We have a roommate. There's no space where me or my girlfriend can ever just have it to ourselves unless we book it in advance, which is not ideal. So yeah, you know, having your own space, feeling like you could just be is important. What does it feel like when you scream in bands? 
I learned how to scream in bands actually because I needed to get feelings out. So the way I learned to sing, uh, when I was in high school, I would just try to copy Vizzy to chorus and stuff, but that didn't work super well for me. And then this is really lame, but in college I joined an acapella group. They needed guys. I usually sing high for cold Rex, but I could also sing low. Like my speaking voice is lower. They just needed guys who could sing low, the bass parts and all that. And that's kind of what taught me how to sing and like trained my ear. And then in terms of my solo voice, how I sing now, that was just trying to like get those acapella solos and whatever. But I just remember, because I was still like a songwriter and everything, just feeling completely overwhelmed. I'm trying to think of the first time that I screamed. I remember when I was like 18, I was sick and I lost my voice for two weeks. And when it came back, I was so excited that I felt like I could hit higher notes. Yeah. And hey, no shame in acapella, right? <laughs> it's fun to do. I don't love watching it or listening to it, but I will say, because like some people join like a frat and that's terrible. And I always felt like acapella was like a frat, but instead of all of the bad things that came with it, it was just singing and practicing singing, which I feel like is a lot better. Hey, you should start the first punk rock acapella band. <laughs> I thought about it when I was in college, but for some reason, after I graduated, I thought maybe that wasn't the best idea. <laughs> like a barbershop quartet could open up or something. No, I would have started ska acapella. <laughs> there you go. Distress tolerance around anxiety as well. You, you touched on that, exposing yourself to things that do make you feel anxious and do give you that tingly, anxious feeling in order to build up a resistance. Yeah, it really depends. As I get older, like I feel like when I was younger, I'd feel anxious and I'd always push myself through things. As you get older, as you might know, you can't do that as much. You start to run out of whatever it is you push. So as I get older, my therapist will be, I'm like, oh, I'm so stressed. And he's like, you're in two bands and you have a full-time job. He's like, you're doing too many things. You can say no to things. And you would just have a day where you hang out and do things that make you feel nice and aren't stressful. So as I get older, I try to set up situations for myself where I feel better and not as overworked. And how have you done with that? You know, not great, as I also have a solo thing I'm doing. <laughs> I tend to keep myself busy and that's nice. Punk rock obviously has been a huge part of your life. Yeah. How has it changed your life or affected your life? I think it's given me like my best friends and it's given me good reasons to keep in touch with them. And it's given me things to distract myself when things are bad. I remember like when I was like 26, I got like laid off for a few months from a job. And I remember I was in this band Freya Wilcox and the Howl. And she had like a weekend tour coming up. And I remember feeling like even though I lost this job, I felt like I still had a sense of purpose and I still had a thing to do. So I feel like it's helped me out in that way. You mentioned that when you were younger, you would sit in your parents' basement and you'd play guitar and had this feeling of contentment. Do you still get that feeling when you play now? Definitely. I just don't have a basement to play music in right now. <laughs> <laughs> me and my girlfriend both trying to decompress from work in our small bedroom and she's playing Animal Crossing on Switch and maybe I'm just kind of thumbing through something on guitar. In your bands that you play in, did you write songs about mental health? We talked about your life with anxiety and going into therapy, but does that come up in other songs as well? I mean, I've definitely written a lot of songs in times of crisis. It's actually an interesting thing for me now as I've made my life more stable. I have less times of crisis, but I talked to my therapist about that. I was like, you know, I could just be a mess and date a million people and like drink a lot, write a lot of songs about that. And my therapist is like, hasn't that been done before? And I was like, that's fair. I don't, I don't have to do that. I still find ways to write songs. Actually, An Answering Machine has uh, two singers, Sammy and JD. And JD is happily married. And he writes songs like a machine. He's so good at it. It's like inspired me to be better at it. If you could be happy and write a lot of songs, then you just have to change your songwriting approach. You know, life is so big and open-ended. There's a lot of ways to do it. 
There's a song called Sad, and I wrote that based off of something a friend of mine said to me, which was, if you don't get this figured out, people are going to keep leaving. That was devastating. And I still didn't go to therapy for like five years after that. I hate to ask you if you could give advice to someone else, because again, it's just so individual. But in regards to your anxiety and dealing with it, what advice would you give to someone who's dealing with these kinds of symptoms? Everyone has different situations. Um, I always say if you have the means and you think you could benefit from therapy, you should check it out. Do that. But, you know, whatever resources are available to you, I would say don't self-diagnose. People do that a lot. And I think it's really, me as an anxious person, I can get myself to believe anything. Maybe that wouldn't be healthy if I thought I had something and I didn't. So I would caution against self-diagnosis. There's some free therapy resources out there, or there's some like cheaper ones. If that's what you can do, you should do that. Try not to drink or smoke too much. (laughs) More advice from you. You're starting to give good advice here, so I'm going to roll with it. Person walks through the doors of a punk show for the first time. They're dealing with some mental health issue, potentially anxiety or depression, and they come up to you and ask you for advice. What do you say? I think for young people, so much of it is just getting validated that you do feel that way and it's okay. At least from where I come from, there's a lot of pressure to be successful and smart and get good grades and like do a million things and get into a good college. And I think to give people, especially young people, the space to be a person. When you're older, like maybe you have more control over where you live or what kind of job you have, or at least what you do in your free time. And when you're younger, you might not. So just giving a young person the space to say how they feel and why they feel that way is huge. And then in terms of how they deal with it, sometimes young people get stressed because they feel like they have to do something they hate. Like I thought I had to be an accountant and I would go to school and be an accountant. Sorry to throw back to accountants again. (laughs) And when I got to college, I took accounting classes and I had internships and like I hated it. I would not have lived a happy life if I was an accountant. And I remember sitting down with my managerial accounting professor and I was like, I don't want to do this and I don't know what else to do. And you think this guy would be kind of stuffy or whatever, but he was like, well, what do you like to do? And I was like, I like to play guitar. He's like, my son likes to play guitar. Why don't you do that? And I was like, I don't think my mom will pay for college if I get a music degree. I was also an economics minor and I actually really like economics. That's not that far off from accounting in terms of like what you might do with your life. So I found something that was a little different that made me a lot happier. I think economics is very interesting. So I think young people feel like they have to do a certain thing in their life. And I think if you give them a little space to do something different, they could be a lot happier. That's my advice to young people who might be anxious or depressed. Complete this sentence. It's a very short sentence. Punk rock is... <laughs> Acapella. Punk rock is... <laughs> punk, rock is... punk rock is cool. It's a cool thing. It could be a bad thing. It could be a good thing. Find people you like. Find music you like. You know, this band's now like Teenage Halloween and Prince Daddy and the Hyena. And I don't feel like they sound like any other band but like they're kind of punk or maybe they're not. I don't know. But like, I love it. They're DIY. They have this particular fandom and they make really cool, unique art. And that is what's special. So I think the Warriors, like, why are they a punk band? I think their attitude towards gender is very punk. You are who you are and you should identify how you feel you should identify. And that to me is more punk than like, I don't know, a band that's trying to sound like the Ramones. Like, even though like Warriors sound like, you know, the weaker thens at times, I think they're so punk because of what they believe in and how they operate. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Scream Therapy. I thought I'd tell you a little bit more about myself. I was born in Powell River, a small coastal town in British Columbia, Canada. After my mental breakdown in 2018, I had to take a break because everything seemed impossible. I needed to focus on my recovery. I did my best to take care of my mental health while dealing with the intense mood episodes of bipolar. 
I'm really glad that this podcast has been a big part of my recovery, and I thank you for listening. Screen Therapy is now airing on college and community radio stations. They include my hometown radio station, CGMP, out of Powell River, CJSF 90.1 FM from Simon Fraser University, Radio Humber from Humber College in Toronto, Ontario, Radio Waterloo, CKMS from Waterloo, Ontario, and Kootenai Co-op Radio in Nelson, BC. You can connect with me at soundcloud.com slash screamtherapy. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, take care and be well.